then of course when you try to put your own standards against the law you fail every time but we use the law to make sure everyone else fails and mm -hmm. and so it's it's really about our own evil desires it's it's what wars and battles within us that causes us to um, to take offense you know how could you do that to me you know and inside you're already warring Welcome everyone to podcast number 152, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Associate Pastor Jeremy Teru. We have our Contemporary Music Director. Did I get that right this time? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't really think I have a specific title. I'm yeah. the guy with the guitar. The, okay. The guy with the Worship guitar, leader. Jordan Kettlewell, yes. he's our guest today, and myself, uh, Dana Hall is your moderator. We started uh, talking about the topic of anger, and in our last podcast, we defined it. And we were going to dive right into what the Bible says about anger, but we wanted to talk a little bit more about anger, where it comes from. And I think one of the things we wanted to talk about uh, first is that a lot of times anger comes from focusing too much on the self. Did I get that right, guys? Yeah. So one thing that came up, um, you know, in the last podcast, uh, as we were talking, Pastor Paul uh, kind of broke down some different uh, cultural movements that are happening. And all these movements are based on anger. And every one of these movements that are based on anger to make a change, they're all destructive. You know, there's mm -hmm. no matter what the cause is, they're all, they, they always end up being destructive. And um, one thing that's hit me that I've just, that I've observed over time is that, you know, this, this anger, some of it's performative, for one. You hear people go just screaming and screaming and screaming, and you can tell that they're generated. It's not real anger. It's performative uh, to go along with their cause. But um, where most of it breaks down uh, is, you know, we're all created. God created us all to worship him, which means we have a place within us that's meant for worshiping something, okay? Mm -hmm. So in the absence of God in somebody's life, if they don't, if they're not, you know, focused on God, focused on Christ and worshiping. Uh, largely what ends up happening is just the worship of the self. And that's where this deep feeling of slight and injustice comes from, where everything is offensive all the time. You know, as, as Pastor Paul mentioned in the last one, you, it gets to the point where you can't say anything to anybody because they're, they just get offended and upset. And the real core of that is feeling that, that your feelings are the most important thing in all of the universe, um, that that your feelings, your truth, as everybody likes to say, my truth, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. your feelings are the most important, which is absurd on its face because it can only, I mean, at its best, it can only be the most important to you. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if everybody's feelings are the most important, then nobody's feelings are the most important. Um, so it, it, it makes no sense. It's nonsensical. But where that also breaks down is, um, so... Satan works in the world every day in very real ways. Um, and I, he works not necessarily to get the world converted over to Satanism, where they're worshiping Satan. His best way to deceive us and draw us away from God is to get us simply to worship ourselves mm -hmm. and focus on mm -hmm. nothing but ourselves all the time. Um, and let's face it, we're all broken people. So if, the, if we're focusing on ourselves all the time, then we're constantly focused on brokenness and we live in a place of just frustration, pain, and anger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So with that, uh, one of the aspects of anger is, is that we need to begin to learn to own it. Uh, we, would, we, would, we were talking between the break. If Jordan stubbed his toe against the door and he went and he got very angry with that. I believe I referred to it as a righteous and furious anger. <laughs> righteous and furious anger. If, if Jordan stubs his toe, is he going to be angry at the door, an in inanimate object? And so one of the, uh, Dr. Neil Anderson, this is something I read a long time ago, is he talked in terms about um, who can make you angry. If, if someone says something to you, are they making you anger, angry or are you desiring to become angry? You have to own your own feelings. Mm -hmm. And there are things that may anger us, but we choose to be angry at them. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were also talking in the break, um, and Dana had mentioned about wanting to hear both sides, not necessarily participating in, but listening to both sides. To, And for me, that's about understanding. Mm -hmm. And if you can understand where a person is coming from, then it's, it's not so much that you're going to be angry with them. It's just that you understand where they're coming from. Uh, so when somebody says, you make me so angry, do you? Or are they just choosing to be angry because of what you're doing? Well, I think, I think both can be true, really. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, to your point, we have to own our own anger. We have to be in control of our own anger. Um, but both can be true. You know, I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's things that you can do that will anger another person there's things we do sometimes deliberately to anger another person right um, and that people do that to us deliberately to anger us or inadvertently um, and their action may anger us but we're not in control of their actions mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do about that we can try to discuss things and work it out or how you know whatever the situation may be um, but when it comes to the the level of anger and how long it's going to marinate Mm -hmm. You know, how long you're going to, uh, as Pastor Barry would say if he was here, how long you're going to savor that anger, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, that's entirely up to us. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a, of our own control. And, um, you know, that's a, another thing culturally that's become so, uh, so big, especially with uh, kids and um, even young adults is just falling back on this crutch of saying I have anger issues. Well, no, you're human. We all have anger mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Everything Everything can be something that can cause anger, but but it's you don't you don't embrace that and live it. The anger needs to be controlled. It's you you choose your own behavior. Yeah, it's like what do you do with it? Right. You mm -hmm. know, the initial reaction might come to you, but do I do I cling to that? Do I hang on to it? Am I going to focus on it? Am I going to cause allow it to cause me to to do something? You know. Seek out vengeance. of the anger yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so um but to pastor paul's point to to own that i mean like like all of our sins we need to take ownership of because we need right, to be able to right because it's never those. my fault right? right yeah yeah because we can never we can never really get um we can never really take control of our own behaviors until we recognize them and own them as being our own. Mm -hmm. When you're when everything is blamed on someone or something else, what that is what that is by definition doing is basically saying, I have no control. 
that person did that thing and therefore I'm this angry. That's not my fault. I have no control. Right. Me personally, I'd rather think to myself that I have the power and the control to be able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. But, but I, what if you're that person that's angry all the time and you just don't recognize it? I mean, do you think that's a true statement or do you think the angry person really does recognize that they're angry all the time, but they just don't care right now. They just want to keep feeling angry because it's it's easier, almost. That's a great question. <laughs> I think it could be either. I think uh, both situations probably exist. Sometimes you don't know you're in a you're in a trench until somebody points it out to yeah. you. You know, yeah, it, it right. might become a lifestyle to you that is normal. In, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's right. normal to you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you grow up in an angry home. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. where everyone is always angry. That's that's your normal. That's your normal. So, and it's not that you have to stay in that normal. That's where the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, can come in and bring healing. Yes, and mm-hmm. wholeness. And a part of that is uh, it always comes down to admitting it. Mm-hmm. Right, it, owning up to this is how I've been. I had a friend who's uh, when I first started going to church, he was a redhead, and he said I was angry all the time. Now he wasn't like that when I met him, but he said as a young man he was angry all the time, and he would point to his hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Jordan, you mentioned that when you were younger, you were angry a lot of times. So yeah. what were you angry at? And oh, everything I could be. And why? You know, um, you know it was, a lot of it was, so some things are just a lack of maturity, right? Like as we mature, we grow, we, we learn self-reflection, and everybody learns that at a, a different time, at a different rate. Some people never really pick up on the self-reflection thing. Hmm. Um, for me, where a lot of the self-reflection came, where I was able to start recognizing what I was doing, owning that, and finding a way to overcome and control it, um, was simply through Christ. Um, it was it was starting my Christian walk mm-hmm. and growing in my Christian walk. That's what got me there because it got me to th- look outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the things that, that would make me angry, um, you know, any number of things. I was just hot-tempered. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I made the joke about, you know, I stub my, my toe, especially if it's like my pinky toe on the coffee table. That hurts. Oh, I mean, I want to send that coffee table through the front window and out into the lawn, right? Like, that's my knee-jerk reaction. But I don't do that because I can take control of my own my own faculties. But, um, you know, there was largely, so there were some frustrations uh, when I was younger. We all have them. I mean, life gets frustrating. Um, but in my early adult years was when I was starting my career in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of it, uh, and, and I was I was a Christian at this time. I just hadn't matured, right? Um, but that's where I think a lot of it started to get out of control in both ways of what, of both examples you were talking about. I didn't realize it um, that I was that angry all the time, and also I didn't have any problem with it because I felt that my anger was justified and righteous because the thing that was making mm-hmm. me angry was all of the ugliness and hate and crime and assault. And just nastiness in the world, and I was dealing with it every day mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and um, you know, dealing with just like just violent. You know, at the time I was working in North Carolina, it was a, a heavy gang area. I mean, it was it was nothing in June for us to have a gang war and and just murders back to back to back. And so you get you get immersed in that world, and 
for one, you're you're hyper defensive because you hmm. you literally have to be defensive so that you can stay alive in that environment. Um, but also the temper gets you know just hair trigger um, because it's it's high tension all the time, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where it was when you're when you're hyper defensive and you're you just like constantly on this when you're constantly in a fight or flight mode your your temper typically becomes a hair trigger mm. um and that's where i was at and it was jeremy and i've joked about this before um about how i would i would rip somebody up one side and down the other um you know like in a work setting as a bad guy right and i rip them upside one side and down the other verbally verbally yeah. and then when i'm done um and that in you know bad guys in jail like I not only didn't realize I was angry or being hurtful and awful and nasty, uh, but I felt like satisfied that I had done the right thing. I felt mm-hmm. satisfied that like I have told this person where the they were guy. wrong yep. mm-hmm. and you know, he's going to learn from it. Well, no, all I was doing was lashing out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even until later on in my career when I'd grown and I'd matured and I thought outside myself where when talking to drug dealers, sure, um, assault suspects, whatever. Um, but even pedophiles, um, suspects from child pornography cases, uh, if you want to have your blood boil, hmm. those will be the ones. Um, but it wasn't until later in my career where I could be talking to people in those situations and, and actually still at least recognize like this is a person. Hmm. And if I need to, if I'm going to do my job effectively, I need to understand where they're coming from. Doesn't make it right, but I need to understand where they're coming from. Right. So instead of lashing out everything that was in me, I was trying to find out what was in them. Did somebody point that out to you? Oh. I mean, or was it, I know maturity's uh, a part of it, but did somebody else say, hey, dude? <laughs> like, okay, like you're God. You're too angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, one, the one that actually that actually fixed it and pointed it out was that was definitely a God thing, and that yeah. was over time. Right. Um, however, there was a there was a checkpoint early in my career in North Carolina where my partner um, jokingly said, and this was just kind of a, it was a funny ha ha, right? And I didn't think a whole lot of it, um, but just jokingly referred to me as the bipolar cop because there's good cop, bad cop, right? And I would do both. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be fine. I'd be super calm and uh, mild and even friendly. Mm-hmm. The guy that you guys know on, on the day-to-day basis. And then just out of nowhere, somebody would say the wrong thing and flip the switch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would just go ballistic. And uh, I'm not proud of that. I, it's just the reality. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's the reality. Yeah. It's, I just, I just pointed that or wanted to ask that question because it's, we have to, when we're dealing with angry people, I mean, we have to have a plan. I think we have to have a plan for how to be calm. Right. And, uh, you know, need assistance from God to help keep us calm. Because if you just are knee trigger and you don't have a plan in your head, then it's very easy to let that angry person just get you like right there and you can Mm -hmm. fly off the handles as bad as they are. But, and I think recognizing, um, for me, recognizing the areas where I was probably the bad guy in somebody's story uh, helped. Because it's easy to get angry at other people for wronging you in some way. Mm-hmm. But until you realize that you've done the same thing to somebody else somewhere along, we mm-hmm. all have. Everyone is the villain in somebody's story. It doesn't matter how good you are. 
Um, but once you can actually recognize that and, and really sink your teeth into it and understand that that you know, I'm just even at my best, I could still be just as nasty and not mean it, not even understand, not even know it. Um, that helps. That for me was a big point where it helped me reflect and grow and learn because I, I learned to be quiet. Um, hold, hold the anger. Don't lash out. Be quiet and try to understand mm-hmm. and listen mm-hmm. and understand. And, and the listening and the understanding is not flashy. It's not cool. It's not as cool as a headline. Um, but the listening and the understanding is where we get to know each other and we get to be able to have a conversation and communicate. Right. right. When we think in terms of uh, us talking to God, it's often one-sided. Right. Um, we're talking mm-hmm. to God and, and, and God's just a great listener. You know, God, he gets me. And, um, but when it comes to human to human or even us listening to God, it becomes a little bit more challenging because we have to put our own desires aside to listen to and hear what it is that the person is speaking to you about, mm-hmm. their emotions, their the the tenor of their voice, the facial features, all of that goes into communicating. And when we when we are so wrapped up in ourselves, we cannot we cannot hear anyone else. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, one of the things James says, one of very practical Bible book of the Bible, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us uh, tends toward envy, but he gives us more grace? Oh, let's see. Reason to live, uh, let's see. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us tends towards envy? but gives, he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Um, brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. And then, of course, when you try to put your own standards against the law, you fail every time. But we use the law to make sure everyone else fails. And mm-hmm. and so it's it's really about our own evil desires. It's, it's what wars and battles within us that causes us to um, uh, to take offense, you know, how could you do that to me? You know, and inside you're already warring about your own rights. And that's a tricky thing because we do have rights. The Constitution affords us rights. But when we stand before God, we have no rights. We're his child and we're here to listen to him. And I have, as soon as I said that, do we have rights before God? Uh, you have the right to be called his children. Yeah, <laughs> according well, to scripture, to be, I mean, you know, because of him. I I think. W- yeah. Yeah, what you're getting at is in ourselves. 
we don't. Right, God has have our own. Yes, God rights. has endowed us. Yes, uh, however, as His children, yeah. as His heirs. Uh, yeah. Yes. Right. Yep. However, God's will is supreme. Right. So that would supersede whatever rights God has endowed us with on this world. So. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think it it ultimately starts in, inside us. And we have to monitor ourselves. I think that's what you've been saying, Jordan, is once you started understanding who you are, um, I always think, oftentimes think that where a person is at has a lot to do with the environment they grew up in and, and how they saw life and how they experienced life. And um, in, 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 a, in a police environment, there's a lot of proverbial crap that goes on. There is, yes, and that's like that's the opposite. As um, I finally grew back into the environment I grew up in, because the environment I grew up in, my parents, I mean, my parents are so just, and they always have been just loving and patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad, who loves to view himself as the hammer, I mean, that guy is the most compassionate and most mm-hmm. patient person <laughs> I've ever met. And uh, but I threw myself into this environment. That right, changed me, and I mm. and, and thankfully God changed me back. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think on that note we're going to wrap it up, and uh, we come to you from the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord, Michigan. We're located on two one five South Center Street. On Sundays we have a traditional nine a.m. service and a contemporary ten forty five a.m. service. We also have a Wednesday service called Encountering God. It's uh, more question and answer based. Um, And uh, we would love to have you join us in person. Um, If you can't, you can also uh, view us on Facebook or YouTube. If you have any questions at all, feel free to call the church at 989-732-5380 or Google us and our website will answer just about every question you might have. So we welcome Uh, We welcome you to check us out, and we are really glad you joined us today. Thanks, everyone. 